You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, everybody, for what is your Monday edition of Locked On Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, joining me today will be Pete Smith from SI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. I uh, hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, you know, we got our first taste of, you know, some live sports again. Where that's going to take us uh, as MLB is probably sitting down right about now to discuss all this after the Marlins fiasco. I guess, but, uh, you know, we got football to talk about, so that's where we're actually going to roll on here today. Uh, over the weekend, um, obviously the big news, and, um, you know, if you're a parent or a child, you learned a great lesson here, that you can whine, bitch, and moan, and complain, and do anything you want, and still get rewarded with it as Jamal Adams traded away to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, from the Jets' standpoint, you know, the return on the deal, fantastic. Um First, Seattle, you get a player in Jamal Adams who could be crucial to you in, you know, trying to climb the rankings in the NFC West to topple a team such as, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, um, Jets getting back, um, you know, a slew of picks, obviously two first round picks, the 2021 first round pick, the 2022 first round draft choice, um, probably going to kill any chance of maybe success for this Jets team in 2020. But Pete, Jamal Adams moved on to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, a return I never saw coming. So for the Jets, by all means, at that point, he was never going to resign with you anyway. You might as well just go ahead and you know take what you can get here. He's going to be, as always, you know, any, any deal like this is what those picks turn into here. Um, but you know, obviously, Jets got some ammo. Uh, Seattle got a player they feel they desperately need. Let's go ahead, Pete. Well, I mean, from the Jets' standpoint, the whole thing was they were, you know, whether they were admitting it or not, they were perfectly okay with the idea of trading Jamal Adams. They just had to get enough for him. Their team is not in a position to really be good at the moment. They were always sort of better off with ammunition for draft picks and stuff. Now, they have to make those picks count. But that was the deal is – if they could get a big return on Jamal Adams, that you know that would be what it would take to sort of sell it. Um, they didn't want to get into a situation with like Odell Beckham, uh, where you know there were people who criticized that they didn't get enough of return. Um, you know the Jets got plenty and then some, and that's despite Jamal Adams seemingly setting anything even, you know, near the bridge, buildings near the bridge, you know, potential other roads near, you know, leading to the bridge, setting them all on fire as he basically crushed anyone near the organization, including the owner and the head coach, uh, which, I mean, I, I'm surprised that they were able to get as much as they were because, you know, look, I, I understand that Jamal Adams can basically be like, you know, I was just trying to get out of there. Uh, you know, I was, you know, I was going to make, you know, the I, I had to make the situation for myself, but, you know, if I'm the Seahawks and I'm Pete Carroll and I'm John Schneider, I have to at least be a little concerned that, you know, what prevents that from being, you know, us, in a couple of years, if he's not satisfied with, with the situation, uh, I, I understand the contract part of it. Um, but you know, the jets weren't wrong on that as much as Jamal Adams may not have liked it. 
they, you know, they were in line with basically what, what all these superstar players were getting in terms of when they were getting uh, re-upped on uh, their, you know, the, the extensions. And Jamal Adams basically was, you know, trying to, you know, you know, more power to him, I suppose, try to get that done a year earlier. So, to Jets' standpoint, it's great. You know, if you hit the picks, you're in a great situation. You're a bad football team that's trying to be a little bit better, but you're nowhere near where 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 you know where you were going to be. And and whether it was this year or down the road, you know, this was going to end badly. And they get out of it now, and they get a huge huge payday for it. From the Seahawks' standpoint, I understand that Jamal Adams is great. And I understand that they value that position and, you know, that they, they think, you know, he can be better than what Cam Chancellor was. That's fine. I, I don't have a problem with any of that logic. What, you know, and, and I think Russell Wilson is worth seven wins just showing up. So I don't think it takes much for them to get in the playoffs. What I don't know is if any of that really matters once they're in the playoffs. And I suppose you can make the case that, well, it's at that point, it's sort of a, you know, it, it's there's the, the one game, you know, no series type thing makes it that anybody can sort of be in the mix and potentially go on a run. But overall, there are just so many questions with Seattle, uh, offensive line wise, defensive line wise, that I don't know that this is nearly enough. Uh, they, they they don't have to, they don't have way more work to do and. You don't know how the draft is going to work this coming year. You know, a lot depends on what's going to happen with this season. But if for whatever reason, you know, the season doesn't get played, uh, how does that affect the draft order? And then the flip side for, from Seattle's point of view and they, is they can basically say, well, if college doesn't play, we're going to miss out on, on a year to evaluate these players. And we'd rather use, the, you know, two first-round picks to get a player that's going to help us right now and potentially elevate us. Uh, I, I get it. I get that they're trying to compete with the 49ers and they don't want to, you know, have Arizona come up, come up and get them from behind or the Rams or whatever. I, I don't know how viable any of those things are. I, I, I have no issue saying that Jamal Adams is a great, great player. I do question whether we're going to get into this, you know, not unlike the Browns where, you know, a year or two into this and, and we're basically going, well, was this really worth it? And I, and I, and it's Jamal Adams can be great and still raise questions of whether they got, they, you know, they give up too much just because that's how much they, they paid for it. And it wasn't for a quarterback. It wasn't for an offensive tackle. It wasn't for, you know, a corner. It was for a safety and you, you can make that a really important position uh, in your defense, I, I guess, but I, I still question it. And that's, you know, it looks like my idea of trading a first and a third for Jamal Adams was, you know, brilliant and, you know, typical of, of me, <laughs> but that that would have been a great deal. I, I never expected this type of return for it. I, and I still don't understand how we got to this point where, you know, a player basically kicks and screams. And this is twice, you know, Jalen Ramsey on a smaller scale did the same thing. Jamal Adams does this. And, <laughs> Meanwhile, Bill O'Brien gets everything that happens. Everything that happens in the NFL is an opportunity to just crush Bill O'Brien. So again, 
the Jets get this big, big, big trade, and everybody all rounds back, circles back to go crush Bill O'Brien again because they couldn't even get one first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, who was unhappy, uh, had issues with his contract. All these things Jamal Adams did, and it didn't hurt Jamal Adams' trade value at all. And, and DeAndre Hopkins got, you know, they got so little for him. And for all intents and purposes, DeAndre Hopkins went about everything like a true professional. Um, Jamal Adams did nothing of the case. Um, the player himself, yes, fantastic player. For me, look, even we talked about this. We talked about it with Stephen Thomas. We talked about it with Pete. I, I don't know if this is what I would have given up here. Seattle, what are you looking at on the surface here? You're looking at, at these first-round picks, and if you're Seattle, you're saying these first-round picks are 25 or greater if football's played. That's what their mentality is. That's usually what – uh, it works out for them year in, year out. Maybe they think those picks would be even lower in the first round with the addition of Jamal Adams. Um, but yes, here is the thing now. Now, Jamal Adams, which one is it? Were you so hell-bent against the way the New York Jets organization was being run, or do you want your money? Because now here you are, you're in the same situation. He's going to play exactly for the same money. There has been no talk, no guarantee, no you know setup of a new deal here. So like Pete said, and I agree with you there, I mean, this could be something you know that could escalate, you know, early, you know, you know, during the season this year, certainly is going to be something that could come or is going to come around during the off season. Jamal Adams wants his next deal. He wants his extension. That's just the way it is. How does it work out for you? Seattle, that'll be the, you know, interesting way to play it out. Um, is it somebody that you can maybe, you know, use against Kittle, stop the run game of, you know, San Francisco? Does it, you know, make, does it make you better than the San Francisco 49ers today? That's going to be yet to be determined, but Seattle obviously felt enough. And look, Seattle's not been doing so great with these first round picks anyway. So, Maybe that also maybe had something to do with it here. We got more coming here. Uh, you know, Browns, we're getting our first taste of, you know, some Browns players with COVID, uh, things of that nature coming. You know, we'll start uh, with some training, uh, training camp previews as we talk a little about the quarterback position, all of that more coming on your Monday, Locked on Browns. RockAuto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other thing, other important things like the mortgage or food. Obviously, in these trying times for everybody, every dollar saved is is obviously vastly important. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Random example here, a fuel pump assembly for a 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey. Uh, $354 uh, at Advanced Auto Parts or at the dealership, rockauto.com, $217. Go to rockauto.com. Be sure in the suggestion box to tell them where they heard about it, uh, where they found out about us. You head and go with, um, you know, put locked on in there. Um, everything from Rock Auto, the, you know, they've been around for over 20 years. The, uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the company itself, well-established, um, the opportunity for you to save money. YouTube tutorials, obviously, are a huge thing now. So you go ahead, you research, get the part yourself, figure out how to do it. Um, you know, obviously most of the times it's just some turn it into some screws, things of that nature. So again, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. We're right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, or the, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Now, Pete, like I'd said, um, obviously, you know, with the first round of testing rookies, quarterbacks in on Friday, they're going to get their second round of testings today. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, Javante Moffitt. Um, the Browns have been pretty fortunate thus far as far as, you know, players, you know, exposed to this, players getting the virus. Um, but Pete, here is the first, you know, mention of a name 
who, you know, fringe, maybe, you know, there will be maybe a spot for Dontrell Hilliard on this year's 53. Maybe there's not here, but Pete, now the Browns starting to get a little bit into, you know, the waters of, you know, a positive test here and, you know, how they're going to handle this. Obviously the facility, everybody was thrown out of the facility over the weekend, you know, mad cleanup being done. The testing's done outside the facility here. Um, but, you know, just like, you know, every other franchise and almost every, you know, in every pro sport right now, everybody's dealing with it on some level. Now for the Cleveland Browns, they are into it as well. Well, yeah, this is the thing. It's impossible to know where those two guys are in, you know, relative to being positive. The standard protocol for the NFL is they're going to test everybody every day until, uh, in the case, they're going to test a player with a positive test every day until they're, they've got two negatives in a 24-hour period. They're going to test the whole team every day for two weeks. And if the infection rate is below 5%, then they're going to drop it to every other day and so on and so forth. But for now, Moffitt and Hilliard test every day until they get two negative tests in a row. Now, if, you know, they're at sort of like, let's say, you know, if we're saying it's for 14 days and they're on day like 11, it's probably not a big deal. If they're on like day three, that could be a huge problem for them. Uh, you know, Dr. O'Hare, I think it's relatively safe to say that he's going to be make this team. I, you know, I don't think it's impossible that he gets cut, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say he should feel comfortable, but I think he's, he's pretty well on track. But if you're Javante Moffitt, you know, you're trying to impress enough to even get a look. And the way an abridged, uh, off, you know, training camp is going to go. The, these teams have to make decisions relatively quickly. They can't just rep guys forever and and, and let the thing play out. They're going to have to make some decisions early uh, to sort of rule guys in uh, to position battles and then get them going because they have to get their team ready to play. Uh, you know, faster than normal and even without a preseason and. And that, that does change the, the mechanics a little bit because you're not, you know, you're not going through like a, at least, you know, for they probably will adjust probably about the third week. They're not going through like a, you know, a game week prep where they have like a, you know, a Friday, Friday, you know, walk through Saturday, uh, you know, largely nothing. And then uh, Sunday they go like they're going to have, time to get more just straight practices in um, over those over those weeks. But that doesn't change the fact that, you know, like as an example, people are talking, people have held on to this dream that Chris Hubbard is going to get reps at guard. Um, despite the fact that Bill Callahan has said he's a tackle and a, and a jumbo tight end, but let's just say for the sake of argument, they were like, eh, we, in a normal year, let, let's see what he does. Let's, let's see how it goes. In a year like this, they don't have time. They don't. They they just don't have enough time to 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 use those reps for things like that. They have to be very uh, structured in how they hand out reps because they have to make determinations pretty quickly. And a guy like Javante Moffitt or some of these other really young players, you know, if they miss too much time, that you could see a guy, you know, a kid who's worked their entire life. 
uh, or, or most of it anyway, to try to make the NFL and never see the field before they lose their job because of this, which is a heartbreaking reality to face, but it's also sort of, you know, this is the business we're in type deal. So, you know, it's not like, well, he's got a positive test. We'll see him in two weeks. It's dependent on where they are. So depending on when, you know, the the person gets infected and this would apply for veterans as they're going to report tomorrow. Uh, If they have a, they, they have a positive test. I mean, the math on that suggests they will that it just entirely depends on where the infection is. And if they have new infections, that's going to be where things get pretty bad. Well, for Moffitt, yeah. And look, I mean, you're already talking here where there's the, you know, you know, from the 90 to the 80, you know, on what's going to be in training camp. Um, so obviously health is going to be huge here. Um, you know, is there probably a way to, you know, bench these guys till they are healthy and then make a decision there. But, you know, um, you're already coming new where, you know, the three safeties brought in here between free agency and, and through the draft. Um, you have a couple of holdovers in Hassel and obviously your Seldrick Redwine. Um, and the question would be is, you know, do they want to explore more? And you know, not that there's a lot left on the street, but you've got to do what's the best and put yourself in the best position to field your best 53 come week one. Um, you know, obviously Moffitt, it wasn't a draft choice, so, you know, nothing is promised to him. Um, Hilliard, obviously, it is a little bit different here. Um, you know, there's there's some aspects of Dontrell Hilliard's game that match up pretty well, you know, with what the offensive scheme I- here is. The fact that he's got special teams ability. But again, this is going to be another play where how long is it going to be before they can string together, you know, two positive, t- I mean, two, you know, two negative tests. And then the question would be is, you know, are we ready to just bring you back? Um, there's also other questions, you know, where have Javante Moffitt? Well, who's been Dontrell Williard been spending his offseason with? Who's he been working out with? Are there other Browns that have been with him during the offseason? And now you bring in that threat about, you know, if these guys have already been exposed to each other and now they're going to come into the fold here in Cleveland. Um, yes, obviously you're going to get the, the finishing rounds of tests today for the rookies, for the quarterbacks, and the rest of the veterans are coming in tomorrow. And, you know, like Pete said, you're talking, you know, 50, almost 60 guys here. It's going to be, you know, a large number. And, you know, it's it, – look, this ain't – this ain't no, you know, this ain't like mega millions. It's like a scratch off. I mean, you know, two dollar scratch off. You got a chance at winning something here. You have a good chance that somebody's going to walk in here. But again, who have they been with in the offseason? Who have they been exposed to? Because the one thing we keep seeing is that a lot of these guys end up testing positive. Had no idea at the time. They weren't really feeling any issues. I mean, you hear from some of the athletes have had it. Some of it's been pretty great. Freddie Freeman, you know, from the Atlanta Braves. You know, he, he talked about it. He was you know, pretty serious about it. Like he was really, really nervous about, you know, how sick he was. Then there's been other players where they felt like, you know, even though they tested positive, didn't feel like they felt much change in their life, you know, as far as their, their health. So, I mean, look, it's just something day by day by day by day. Look, you know, I mean, we've talked about, you know, what the NBA, the NHL, MLB, obviously MLB, you know, having their issues right now for the most part, the NBA, except for some dumbass going out and, you know, picking up chicken wings at a freaking strip bar, you know, they've been okay. NHL, everything seems to be rocking pretty well for them currently right now. But of course, you've got you've gotten to the point where you haven't played games yet, so you know that will be an issue that's going to have to you know uh, you're going to have to be a wait and see. You know the good thing for the NFL is you're talking six seven weeks before you're putting players on the field in a game. Obviously, their sport is a lot different than each of these other sports. But you know, with 22 players on the field at a time, huddles, all that things, all those things. But again, we're just here day by day, taking it as it comes. Obviously, any positive test is not good whatsoever. Um, but it's just going to be a you know. 
a fact and something that's just going to happen during the trying times that we're dealing with right now. We got one more thing we're going to get to here uh, with Pete again. So, uh, guys, as always, make sure you're checking everything out over at Browns Digest. If you are not subscribed on Spotify, on iTunes, now's a fantastic time to do that. Go ahead. Make sure you are subscribed. Smash that button to Lockdown Browns. Five-star written reviews. Um, you know, uh, five-star reviews, uh, you know, written reviews, all of those greatly appreciated. Uh, they helped the growth, the growth of the show here. Um, and we're back here in full swing. Um, you know, last week, obviously felt really, really, you know, positive about where we were trending towards a day like today, seeing what's going on in MLB. It definitely hurts a little bit here, but, uh, you know, just going to try to, you know, report the news as we see it day in, day out. Go ahead again, Spotify, iTunes, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Browns. Now, Pete, we roll into here, um, and I, I guess we'll start here because I, I, for it's probably the simplest and the easiest of the training camp previews. On um, the quarterback position, you're going to come to camp with three. Um, you know, obviously, we know who the incumbent is. Uh, you know, Case Keenan was brought in here for a reason because God forbid you had to go to a backup quarterback. You have somebody with system, you know, familiar with the system, and it wasn't just that he's familiar with the system. Case Keenum played well in the system, played into an NFC championship game within the system here. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't see, Pete, any reason to have more than two. Um, if anything, God forbid, we're happy to Baker, you're just going to find somebody else because if you ever get to a third quarterback, look, you get to a second quarterback, it's usually lights out, trouble city, your season's over anyway. So there's really no reason to keep a third one around, um, especially when you're going to be dealing with as many things as you are. So you'd rather be deeper in other positions, knowing that you're never going to be able to you know, recreate what you've got at the quarterback position by having to go find somebody off the practice squad or find, you know, finding somebody through free agency here. So we head into, you know, training camp 2020, Pete. Um, you know, obviously one of the greatest AAF players that ever lived, um, Garrett Gilbert, fighting for an opportunity here. But, you know, Baker may feel the incumbent in a system and talent that shoots suit him much better. Case Keenum comes into a position here where it's a system he knows fairly well. Talent similar to what he succeeded with with the Minnesota Vikings with Kevin Stefanski. Well, yeah, I mean, Case Keenum helped get the Vikings to the NFC Championship. Uh, was great that year, was in the offense that year. And, you know, in a year where snaps are at a premium, I think Case Keenum's value goes up because he doesn't need any or very, he, he won't need very, as many. Um, you know, look, they, despite people who keep insisting the contrary, Mike Tannenbaum, Baker is their guy. <laughs> They're not going to waste time with anything that even resembles a competition. So all they're worried about is getting Mayfield ready to go. So the fact that Keenum has, you know, been in this offense, uh, knows the offense, they don't have to spend much time. And they can, you know, they can, if they have to get him ready, they have to get him ready. But, you know, they, they don't, they aren't going to spend time or much of it anyway, trying to get him sort of up to speed in terms of reps. Uh, and Garrett Gilbert is probably going to be like sort of their emergency quarantine guy. So, you know, expect a significant amount of reps for Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, all the, that's, that's the show. I mean, your whole season revolves around getting him to play at a high level. That, you know, that your whole off season has been, geared towards making that happen. So I would expect that he will basically take an almost endless amount of reps to get people, uh, you know, to get him ready, to get everybody feeling confident so they can roll in. They, I mean, look, 
they have to get ready with now no preseason, and, and at some point we can discuss how how um, you know devastating that is or, or not. But so you know they may do some inter squad stuff, you know as as practice largely is in the NFL. But ultimately they they are going to have to get ready and be full speed to take on the Baltimore Ravens. So you know they're they're going to spend every uh, snap, every moment, every rep, every practice, getting ready for that. So that's sort of where we're at at quarterback. Well, uh, the other thing it's going to be that, uh, uh, is an incredibly valuable set of eyes uh, for Baker Mayfield and just sort of seeing the game. He knows the offense, so he can sort of be an extra person to sort of talk to him you know, between practice reps, in games, or whatever. That's the other part that's really, really valuable with a guy like Case Keenum. And which Case Keenum, and, you know, to his credit, when he came here, he said himself, and he had to, you know, dull down, you know, some media, and knowing full well what his job is here. Um, His job is not to come in to compete for the quarterback position. His job is to come in and assist with the quarterback position. Something goes wrong, obviously, he'll be ready. Um, again, though, I mean, because, again, you're not talking about preseason and about, you know, how much you're going to want these guys to play. There's going to be no preseason whatsoever. So it, it's not like it's, you know, oh, well, we really like this kid. I mean, hey, if we give him some looks, you know, uh, you know, similar to uh, the young man, ended, I'm losing the name now, ended up starting on Thanksgiving last year for the Detroit Lions. You're not in that position this year. Everything is about getting Baker acclimated, getting the skill group acclimated with each other. Yes, you can never truly revamp live reps. But, I mean, you know, how much really do you take out of the preseason reps? And maybe there's 10 to 15 of four games that really are, you can take away and say, you know what, all right, that was it. You know, because sometimes you're going with a patchwork offensive line. The defense is, you know, resting some of their stars. It, it's – look, I mean, if you're trending away from preseason period, it's probably not the worst idea in the world. But in the, within the room, you know, you're going to have Keenum here. And you're going to also have Keenum within, you know, being able to speak with, you know, Kevin Stefanski and speaking with Baker and saying, oh, well, you want to know what? I remember when we did this, they showed this front. If you remember, we audible to this, these types of things where just you're going to make Baker more and more comfortable. Look, Baker's chomping at the bit. Um, Baker's not hiding from it. He's not foolish. He knows what he's felt about right now in the league, which is ridiculous how, you know, it's so high, so low. Everybody was so high after his rookie season. Now everybody's so low. After, you know, a second season that was just an absolute mess all the way around, you know, look, his play was, you know, I'm not saying it was top shelf, but, you know, and he deserves some of the, you know, cr- you know, some of the hammering, maybe the, some of the hammering small amount that he's getting within that. But, you know, make mistake, make no mistake, you know, from three years at Oklahoma, his rookie here with the here with the Cleveland Browns, that type of talent just doesn't just fade away, fall away. Just one more thing here. And uh, let me just bring this up here. Um, the NFL Players Association, they have the disease emergency plans for all 32 teams. The Browns plan is still under review. It's not a bad thing. Obviously, maybe, you know, somebody, you know, it's just going through, you know, obviously, you know, dotting I's, crosses T's, so to speak. But 20 of the NFL 32 teams, their uh, disease emergency plan has been approved so far by the NFL Players Association. Uh, it doesn't mean there's an issue with the Browns one. It just means maybe there's some tinkering that needs to be done some verbiage in the language whatsoever, but all stuff as far as heading closer and closer to what we can call, you know, 2020 NFL training camp. Pete, it's been a while. League-wise, Brown-wise, what's the latest? Um, 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Jamal Adams thing was big. Uh, we're we're waiting on the Washington football team to sort of figure itself out. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think there's anything too big. The thing that's worth watching, and it's weird because this is just doesn't happen anymore, is there are a bunch of teams that haven't signed any draft picks, like the Arizona Cardinals, not one. Um, and the Browns have everybody done. They're one of the increasing number that is that is that way. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who's ready to actually bring their rookies to camp and who's, you know, obviously uh, this uh, non-football injury list uh, with guys who are testing positive for COVID. I think the Ravens have six already. Um, I don't, I, I haven't seen names, but I know that, that that's the number. So that's sort of where we're at. And then, you know, I, I don't expect, you know, this is to set the world on fire or anything with, with the 10 guys the teams are cutting. But there are some guys that are interesting uh, that are getting released by teams. Uh, Seth Tremont Smith was released by the Eagles. Uh, he was an interesting small school corner with, with elite physical tools and, and production at, at a, a small school. I, I'll be curious to see if, you know, if the Browns, you know, when they cut down to 80, if they're, they're looking at any, anybody's 10 that they've removed and decide to try to grab anybody or if, if they're basically just content with what they have. Uh, it's it's certainly a possibility, and there will be some you know teams that are, are are going to be drastically looking and diligently looking at you know who you know what teams are cutting ten players um, because if there's a chance to improve your roster, obviously you got to be all over it. You know whatever the circumstances circumstances dictate. Obviously a weird one here, but you know an opportunity if you have a you know chance to improve your talent pool and improve your uh, improve your roster, you're able to do that. Uh, we're going to put a bow on this here. Obviously, guys, we're we're just going to continue to you know, put out what we can talk about. Um, you know, hard to speculate on where, you know, things are headed. Look, you just need to be stringing together. Hopefully, you know, I, I, I want to say positive days, but in this case, negative days um, where guys, you know, everybody comes in, everybody's healthy, you can get to work. And then hopefully, you know, we go through this small part of what camp is, then we can start to combine more guys into it and just hope, you know, continue for the health and safety of the Cleveland Browns players uh, for Pete Smith. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith, underscore uh, make sure you follow Brian Brown's digest on Twitter. Make sure you're checking everything out for Brown's digest over on SI.com show itself at locked on Browns, all lowercase follow back account. DMS are open. You guys know that drill me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMS are open over there as well. Ideas, topics, questions for the show. Feel free to send them on over. You know, uh, always have time to you know sneak one or two in here. Um, and we'll try to maybe set up one day a week where we can just do, you know, listener questions here as you know we start matriculating here through the summer and training camp. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pounds. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.